Welcome in to the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. Hey, welcome to the show, man. This is the uh, Get Happy On Hour. I'm your host on 93.7 The Ticket. You know, I was sitting there thinking, man, uh, did a little traveling last week. Very nice when I left. But when I came back last night, oh, my goodness, minus 15 was the temperature. I didn't even want to know what the wind chill was. So, But anyways, I'm back safe. And uh, you know, one thing I was really, really thinking about when it came to the show tonight was I was thinking about my guests. And before I introduce my guests to you, I want you guys to know something. Adversity accountability, those things are very important in life. And you don't necessarily have to do them for other people. I mean, for yourself. You know, like me, I know that I've made so many mistakes in my life. And I feel so blessed that I was given the opportunity to try and make them right. And I've really spent a lot of time trying to help others because I understand the difficulties that life can present. And you know, the funny thing about this deal is when you're doing the right things, people don't tend to really support that. But then that's where you got to support yourself and give yourself credit. You know, now when you do something bad, you're going to get a lot of attention. But when you do something good, it goes sometimes unnoticed. So I just want people to know that if you're out there doing the right things and you're not getting any credit for it, keep doing the right thing. That's a good thing. When I say adversity and then redemption, I can relate to that because that's a personal thing for me. But I think if I got my uh, understanding correctly, I believe my guest tonight has a have a very similar story to that. And we're going to get into that, and we're going to have a lot of fun with this, but we're going to be real about it. Michael, welcome to the show, man. Uh, Thank you, Ricky. It's an honor to be here with you tonight. Well, man, I'm just glad that you was willing to come out in such adverse weather conditions to be a part of this. Mike, I want to start off, man, by asking, uh, where did you grow up, Mike? I'm uh, from the heart of Lincoln. I'm from born and raised out here in Lincoln. Okay, wait a minute. Let me see if this is right. What high school did you go to? I said the heart, Lincoln High, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> Man, I've had a couple of guys from Lincoln High, boy, and everybody that's from Lincoln High, they ain't, they have no problem letting you know where they went to high school. Yeah, because we're the school that wasn't supposed to make it. The I kids wasn't supposed to make it, so we're proud to be from Lincoln High. Well, tell well. me, Mike, your upbringing, uh, you was, we were speaking a little bit before the show. You was telling me you had, you had to overcome some adversity. Yeah, I was a knucklehead back in my youth. You say you was a knucklehead. I was a knucklehead to about 26, 27 years old. Yeah. So the 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 teen years, you was uh you was making some mistakes. Yeah. I, I started uh I mean I came from a humble beginnings with both my mom and my father were, were at home, but uh they worked a lot. Okay. And so uh me, my sisters, and my friends, we had a lot of time to teach each other life without asking <laughs> mom and dad. So that wasn't always good. <laughs> so so now, Mike, are you the oldest? I'm the middle child. The middle I got child. two sisters, but uh, six kids between them with no father figure. So I've always been Uncle Daddy. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Now, you you were saying something. Tell us about uh, when you was growing up, you said the school 
wasn't the grades. Yeah, yeah I was a DF student. <laughs> it was it was bad. So no, I think around uh, eighth to ninth grade was my first time of running with the law, stealing bikes, trying to get to, uh, from the swimming pool and stuff like that. <laughs> and so they put me on a little diversion back then. But by high school, shoot, I was on juvenile probation from my sophomore year all the way to my freshman year of college. Wow, wow. Yeah. So you uh, you was no stranger to trouble. It kept finding me. I, you know, I'm a big man. I, I thought I could hide, but I couldn't hide. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we're laughing about this now because we, I have, I have the advantage of knowing how this is going to turn it, you know, turn out. But for those of you that don't know, uh, everybody goes through something, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, a lot of times when people go through a lot of, I call it trials and tribulations, adversity, whatever label you choose to put on it. A lot of times people want to, if they're fortunate enough to to uh, make it through and get to the better uh, better place in their life, they want to keep the adversity kind of secret, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm not saying you need to advertise all your negativity that you've had in your life, but I'm saying sometimes by you being strong enough to admit to your adversity, right. I think it, it helps you. Uh, be a better person and it also helps people that are out there thinking that hey man there's no hope for me right so now by you getting in all this trouble and and and, and being with you what, what kind of student were you i was again? a df student yeah <laughs> it wasn't for sports man that kept me just moving in the right direction okay now when you said you was playing sports so what all did you do so in uh high school i ran i played football for lincoln high Okay. I led it for three years, and then I uh, ran track. See, I was the number number one hurdle at there before Darius Huff, the Big Ten champion, oh. came through and blasted all my records at the wall. <laughs> so you, but for a while, you, you I was the man. You man. was the man. I was happy alumni coming back there. <laughs> Records still standing. So. That's, that's all right, man. You know, the, the one thing I'll say about this is, you know, sports in, in, in your life and in my life, it did have a, a positive impact, right. even though we on our own, managed to make some choices that right. wasn't always good but we can't blame it on sports if no. you have to look in the mirror yes and see and that's right there to me is courage because a lot of times to look in the mirror and say man i didn't make a good choice and i had to deal with the consequences a lot of people can't do that right. you know so I, I admire you for for being um, open about that now after high school what happened Oh, shoot, Ricky. I was in a transfer portal before there was a transfer portal. <laughs> and so I, uh, like I said, I was really, I was really good in uh, track. And that's the first time people actually started saying Mike Madlock, Mike Madlock's name. Yeah. Okay. For a positive note. Right. And so um, Nebraska had actually asked me to run for their summer team. All I had to do was make it to the uh, state finals. Okay. And it was a shoe in because I was number two in the state at that time. Oh, wow. But at districts, I had tripped over a hurdle. I just stopped dreaming about this probably two, three weeks ago. <laughs> but I had tripped over a hurdle. And uh, it just messed up all my plans because my grades were so bad, nobody could even talk to me. And so oh, Nebraska, wow. that thing was going to help me go to, like, their summer program, get me to junior college and help me on the right track. But after huh. that, I had to find my own way. So so that when that didn't happen, where you was able to, to succeed in track, then what did you do? Uh, I signed up uh, at Dome College probably four or five days before semester started, my wow. freshman year. Okay. There's no guidance, no structure. I just uh, popped up on her door and said, you guys sent me a letter. I'm here. <laughs> and uh, the coach remembered me, and he's like, oh, yeah, let's do this. 
Okay. And so uh, I went to Stone College for a year. Then my mother got sick with breast cancer. Okay. So uh, I came back home to Lincoln to try to help out the family, but just found myself going further and further the opposite direction. Gotcha. gotcha. And uh, I went to Southeast Community College to start getting some credits back. Went back to Dome College to try to do it again. It was just, you know, my ego. I was too arrogant at that time. So Dome was just too small for me. Yeah. Right. And so uh, I ended up coming back home, uh, started training with my old high school, my old high school track coach, Alex Ranko. He worked up at Westland too. So he's trying to get me to play football there. And I'm like, it's the same thing, coach. <laughs> I ain't going there neither. And so, uh, but he trained with me. Uh, Troy Hasselbrook, he played at uh, Nebraska. He was just finishing up blocking for either. I think it was Eric Crouch he was blocking for. Okay. So he just got done with them. He was starting a strength and conditioning program at Lincoln High, and I was one of his test dummies. So I do an hour workout with my track coach, come in there, do an hour crazy uh, fitness workout too. So that's how you actually got into the fitness thing? No, nah, I've been in the fitness thing my whole life. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> so my father, uh, he's uh, Mr. Nebraska in powerlifting oh. and Mr. Nebraska in all the uh, bodybuilding after that. Wow. And so okay. it's been around me my whole life. I just I didn't utilize it until I needed uh, hope for better days. So in other words, you had to go through the trials and tribulations yeah. to figure out what you was going to exactly. do. Exactly. I got you. I got you. Now, what happened next, man, after after – the college thing. oh uh i just need to get out of lincoln some of my friends i was starting to see the pattern of people out uh downtown lincoln every friday saturday uh in jail <laughs> waking up getting out of jail on monday yeah uh, some of them were staying in jail longer than that and i was just starting to see the cycle of what was happening around me right and so actually one some uh one of my close friends got in some trouble and it was just that time where god said you gotta get out of here Right. So right. I ended up calling my aunt. She was a broker out in San Diego. I, I said, I need a chance. And uh, me and my cousin, uh, older cousin, he just got out of the penitentiary. And uh, he was out for a year, got off papers. And then me and him both moved out to California. Oh, okay. And uh, that, you know, changed the direction of my life. Okay. So when you went to California, what was the plan, man? I mean, you were just trying to, I know you were trying to get away from Lincoln, but did you have a plan? I was you? out there with an alter ego. Okay. <laughs> I was no longer trying to be in the streets. I was trying to make it to the NFL. I and I knew if I didn't get to the NFL, I was at least going to follow, uh, follow up with a college degree. And with got a college degree. So it. that was my my plan. I was trying to make myself a football player. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, I mean, to be honest with you, man, I, I, I think just from what little bit I know about you, I feel, I feel like you would have been an athlete. I mean, you look like an athlete. I mean, you, you look like you had the mindset. Yeah, I just was wasting time. You know uh, what I'm saying? And I didn't truly have the guidance because I didn't have anybody really – Take me under wing, mentoring me, saying, all right, this is what your grades got to be. This yeah. conditioning, come work out with me in the mornings. By the time I got that, it was a desperation. Like, it was life or death. I need to get out of here. Right. And right. so I appreciate my uh, Alex Sharenko and Troy Hasbrook for taking me under wing that summer. That's real cool. Now, when you got out to California, what, uh, how'd that turn out for you? <sighs> if, uh, you know, you move, you think everything's going to change. But if, if you're the same person, everything's going to follow you. Right. So I went to California within my uh, first week. They're like, hey, you got to come up with some money for tuition. You had to stay tuition. <laughs> and that was the only time I asked my parents for a loan. And so I said, you guys get me started. I'll never ask you another thing. And uh, my father gave me 2500 to pay for that semester. And then I had to figure it out by any means necessary. Right. That, right. You know, yeah. uh, with the practice all day and then was doing my thing at night to try to uh, pay for tuition and stay focused and stuff like that. I got you. I got you. Well, now, so. Basically, you. How long did you stay in California? Uh, two years. Two years. Two years. So yeah. Was that productive? Oh, I was beautiful. Uh, it just it, it showed me I'm not that big. You know, California. That's a, that California dreaming. Yeah. Millions of people out there. 
And so you can be in Lincoln, Nebraska and feel like you the king. Yeah. Get out there, nobody knows your name. <laughs> and so uh, it, it was perfect for me because it made me show me I had to work harder. And if right. I want to do something, I got to do something on a way bigger level for people to recognize. Me. Yeah. And I think that's smart because sometimes when you, when you stay where you grow up, you, yeah. you almost kind of become like the fish, you know, the fishbowl. Yeah. Grown. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you, and especially if you're a big fish in that little bowl. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of, I can see where that would happen. So getting out of California, you, you kind of got an eye opener. I got an eye opener on that, so it humbled me. And even with uh, trying to be a tough guy, California, that's real bloods and crypt out there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so it, it showed me all, we, we don't have gangs out here at Clicks and Lincoln. <laughs> yeah, and right. so it showed me I really wasn't doing that. And uh, being in the wrong neighborhoods a few times, got a scare. Where you from? Yeah. I'm just here dropping off a teammate, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it, it wasn't about that life. And right, so it, right. it helped me get on the straight and narrow. But it also showed me that, uh, you know, if I put my mind to something, I could I could do some big things. Right. And right. so I didn't I didn't play football in probably – I was 22 out there. So I didn't play football since I was 18, my senior year of college, high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, went out there, trained, was the best condition, best shape. And so all I had to do was learn to play. I was out working everybody, out running everybody. Midwest body with those California boys. I was bigger, stronger, faster. <laughs> so I, I killed them boys out there. It was fun. <laughs> now, after your, after your California days, uh, what was your next move? I ended up at Kearney. So uh, one of my practices, University of Nebraska Kearney came down. Uh, coach Andy Avalos, he was just a position coach at the time. Okay. But uh, I re- he, he, he he said something to me, and I ran over to him, like, hey, my boy, Richie Ross, he's now the head coach of uh, Lincoln High. Basketball. Correct, yeah, yeah. But at big the shout time, out to Richie he, Ross? Yeah, big job, <laughs> Richie. Uh, but at the time, um, he was just he just got done breaking all their records at Kearney for receiver, and he had just got picked up by the Texans. Okay. And so that was our connection. Andy Avalos today, he just got uh, fired as the head coach of Boise State. Oh, but yeah. Andy Avalos is the coach who recruited me from San Diego to University of Nebraska Kearney. So your time in Kearney, man, you you met quite a few people there, huh? Oh yeah, I love Kearney, man. <laughs> I hated it at first because I was in San Diego, eighty degree weather. I had a uh, transfer to Kearney during spring ball, so that was winter time, Nebraska. Oh, I was sick, boy. <laughs> Ashy knuckles again, Ashy kneecaps. Oh man, but um, it was the opportunity I wanted. Plus, I wanted to be closer to home so my family can actually see me play, right. see me do something productive. Well, I'm thinking about Kearney right now. Uh, who are some of the people in Kearney that that you are still close to and you're thankful for? Man, I know Derek Russell. Yeah, Derek's uh, one of them. So after football, I started. I did my internship at a YRTCK, Youth Real Base in the Treatment Center. So all the kids from all over Nebraska who are committing the felony crimes, yeah, they sent them up to us for us to uh, work with them, teach them how to function in society, and send them back to their families and hopefully they, they can get it right this time. Okay. Right? I was threatening to go there all through high school and stuff <laughs> like that. So it was actually. Something when I got the calls, I really wanted to do because, uh, you know, it was my walk of life. I wanted to help other kids, too. Right. right. You know, I didn't make it there. I was trying to help kids who were there not come back. Got you. Got you. So, but, uh, yeah. So tell me more about Carney. Okay. So Carney, it's a sleeper school, you know. Okay. Because What do you uh, mean by sleeper school? Their wrestling program is probably just as good as UNL's, okay. right? Okay. Uh, when I was up there, we had a dude named Javel. He competed for the Olympic uh, team, I think he won a bronze or silver medal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kamaro Usmith, one of my good friends, he was a two-time national champion. Now he was the former Walter Waite champion of the UFC. Uh, Rafael Stokes, two-time national champion out there in college. Now he's the uh, was a bantamweight uh, champion for Bellator UFC. Wow! And so we produce a lot of uh, you know champions. Gotcha. gotcha. There and after. 
Well, you know, I got a friend I believe has something. You may not know who he is, but his name is Brett Wedden. I just got to give a special shout out to Brett. I believe he's a, uh, he went to the University of Cornell as well. Okay. But, but go ahead. Pride. I'm still listening. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, so at the time, some of these guys, you could, you know, I'm about to make fun of them because I'm still running around knucklehead. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, man, you don't want to drink. You don't want to party. But then now seeing what they're producing in life today, I'm just like, man, you've been great since I've known you. Right. You've been disciplined since I know you. And that was something I had to pick up over time, but I, I got to see it. I met your son there, Carney. Matter of fact, Tyler. <laughs> you met T. Boo. T. Boo. Yeah. My uh, his first his first semester there, I, I ran to his room a lot, try to hang out with him. But he was on the straight and narrow too, yeah. which is why he's doing great things today. Right. Right. You know, and, and at the time, I'm older than most of these kids because yeah. I I went back to school at 22 to California. So Tom and Carney, I'm like 20. Four, 25 years old. Right. Bones getting a little slow and brittle. <laughs> so I was grandpa out there. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I really think, man, that some of these life experiences that you had has really contributed to where you're headed. So we're going to get into that when we come back from this break. Don't y'all go anywhere, man. We're going to take a quick break here on 93.7 to take it to get you happy on hour. We'll be right back. To the Get Your Happy On Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. And we're back. Got to give a couple of quick shout outs before we get back to this interview. Big shout out to my little brother down in Tulsa, Brett. I know you're a little chilly down there, man. That's probably not normal for you guys, but hang in there and just know I'm proud of you. Big shout out to Kim Kelly for tuning in tonight. She's a, I like to comment about Micah. You. You followed his career pretty pretty closely, and um, we're going to get into more of that here in just a minute. I also got to give a big shout-out to Matt Warner, man, and the team out there at Waverly at the Empire Fencing. Man, those, those great people. Great people are hard to find, but, man, you can go out there and find a ton of them, and I'm very honored to call them all friends. Man, you was uh, telling me about YRTC, yeah. Micah. Now, Tell me, man, what happened? Now? How, how'd you, how, how did that work out for you? Did you, were you there very long or what? Yeah. I, um, when I was going to school at UNK, I got my degree in sports administration. Okay. And so I, I got it, uh, in, did my internship at YRTCK in the recreation department. We we're, uh, working with, uh, the trouble you trying to teach them how to work as group through sports okay. as a team through sports. Well, I remember YRTC cause I think I spoke there a few times. Yeah. So I, I'm familiar with that. How long were you there? I was there. I'm, I was there pretty quick. So every year I got a, pro, a promotion. So I went from internship, then I worked in the maximum security unit. Okay. Then I became the first uh, African-American uh, leader to be an officer of the day there. So oh, I was okay. running the facility and operations and stuff like that. Wow. Wow. Okay. Yeah, it was awesome. Okay. It was yeah. awesome. So after you did the uh, YRTC, what did you do next? I uh, I had to get back home to my mama. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I, I transferred you. to the regional center. Okay. And I was working with the adults there until one of my best friends, he was um, doing some independent contractor stuff, working with uh, one youth who was uh, 
uh, had special needs at the time. Okay. And uh, he told me about kind of the money he was making doing it. I'm like, well, shoot, I'm chasing 150 kids around over here and making a third of what you know doing put me on. And so uh, I che- I left the state and started doing my own independent contract stuff. Okay. Okay. How'd you like that? I loved it, but uh, I wasn't ready at the time. Gotcha. Uh, I'm, I'm making more money I ever made in my life. I'm buying Cadillac, the Cadillac Escalades, putting rims all over them. <laughs> Popping bottles at the club with Lawrence Chatter, you know. <laughs> shout out to Lawrence Chatter, he's doing amazing things. Big shout out to Lawrence Chatter, he's also been on the show. Yeah, and so uh, I just I, and I feel like God humbled me again, and God. so um, I went from five thousand dollars a month to zero overnight. You know, before I could even see it coming, uh, I had to pawn everything off until I had that A on my chest, so it represented the Advocare at the time. Okay. Yeah, I had uh, got introduced to Advocare by one of my college football coaches. Oh, okay. Years okay. ago, but I didn't. T- I didn't touch the product again until um I was forty pounds over my player foot playing weight, walking around looking like Professor Clump. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> then I got out and I started sharing it just to you know lose a little weight and then um help get some products for free too. That's gotcha. the way they have their stuff set up. But uh, it turned into I started sharing it for three hundred fifty bucks just to keep my car from getting refilled. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So and that from what I remember that kind of turned into something much yeah. bigger. Yeah. So YRTC going in there, I walked into there with my pants still sagging. You know, I was still trying to leave the streets alone while trying to get to that next step in life. So that was my first little challenge of leadership. Uh, They challenged me, man, if you pull up your pants, you start uh, tucking in your shirt, what do you think these kids are going to do for following you, right? right. right? And so uh, that was my first opportunity of leadership. But then with Avocare, it was was just the same thing, but with bigger picture. Yeah. Yeah, I'm back home. I haven't been home since I was 22 years old. I'm coming back home at 29 years old. Uh, not just broke, but broken, you know, yeah. saying so had to yeah, move back you. into my uh, mother's house and father's house. And um, at first, you know, I had influence, you know, so I could put the product in people's body. I can do all that type of stuff, but I couldn't build a business. People wouldn't follow me along longevity. You know, they right. wanted the spark, but they didn't want the, the business opportunity. Right. Right. And so what uh, a leader of mine, a mentor of mine in Avocare, Paul Hazard, he was a highway patrolman. Mm-hmm. He was making $60,000 a month. And he started challenging me about, well, Mikey, I know your business ain't growing, but look in the mirror. Would you follow you? Right. And uh, I had to go home and, and, and look in the mirror and ask myself, no. The things I was doing, whether people knew it or not, no, I wouldn't follow me. Right. And I wasn't right. getting that good energy or good karma. Gotcha. And so uh, I think a lot of people like my Avocare story because, yeah, it was a redemption. They got to see this party side of me, and then they got to see me change the ways. And it took two years before I started even seeing some really significant paychecks right right that's two years of no <laughs> that's yeah, two years yeah. not right now that's two years of boy you, you crazy that thing ain't gonna work right right and uh after that two years uh of people seeing the change that i made then people began to follow me gotcha gotcha now you had quite a bit of success man um through Evercare. yeah uh would you share some of those successes yeah, I got the privilege of speaking at Dallas Cowboy Stadium in front of 30,000 people, not once, but twice. Oh, that's big. Uh, I went from, like I said, $350 just to keep my truck from getting repoed at the time to uh, it's my first six-figure business. Wow. Yeah, and I maintained it that long until they changed the comp plan. Gotcha. But, yeah, it, gotcha. was, it was an amazing thing. And then at the same time, uh, I was always people rich, right? I knew mm-hmm. a lot of people. Right. And, and so that was an awesome thing to actually use my network and, and try to truly do this entrepreneur thing before I was even knew it was called entrepreneurship. Right. Okay. Okay. Now you did the Avocare thing for how long? Uh, shoot. I started 29. I think they stopped 37. It's about eight years. Eight years. And yeah. you had a nice run, man. Uh, I, I, I was, run. I was yeah. following you 
and I was watching your your, your ride. Yeah, and we had you on that purple spark too. Yeah. That green spark. <laughs> Exactly. It is two canisters. Yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you this, man. Now, okay, after Avacare, what happened? So after Avacare, I, I I got back into something I was uh, passionate about. So when I told you my friend was doing that, uh, working with the troubled youth, and right. I started at first, and then I lost my company. When I was doing Avacare, now I'm working from home. Now as my I'm beginning, growing in the company, I'm building more leaders. So I had a little gotcha. bit more time for myself and I was just like, no, nah, I failed at that. I went, I went back in because it, it was just, it's nothing but people helping people. That's what Avocare was. And that's what the uh, other business I was doing was. Gotcha. And so I knew that I had changed. I knew how I had grown. It was just on my heart to get redemption at that. Okay. I, I don't like failing like that. So you turned that into what you're doing now. Yes. And so it, it's right on time. It's God's plan. Um, because when Avocare changed their business compensation, I went from to eight, nine thousand dollars a month to back to a thousand dollars a month, right? Yeah. And said I wasn't gonna pay the bills, I wasn't gonna cut it. I'm like I said, I'm Uncle Daddy, so I'm buying school clothes, school shoes for my nieces and nephews. Right. That wasn't gonna cut it. And so uh I had happened to through Avocare, what I was learning from them and Paul Hazard teaching me multiple streams of income and stuff like that. Right. I already had started this plan B on the side. Gotcha. And so smart move. when uh Avocare went away, I just transitioned into that full time. Gotcha. So that's what that basically is that yeah. what you're doing now? so now yeah i'm an independent contractor i provide residential services for individuals with uh special needs so you have like home yeah okay and and that's a very uh challenging rewarding and financially successful deal yes if it I is. understand correctly it's, it's, it's changed my life again gotcha right well you know what i'm taking from all this is all the adversity that you had to start off with right and all that you had to go through through growing up in high school and college and still trying to be that person as a young adult. Right. You still was blessed with an opportunity to turn it all around and turn it into a positive. Yeah. And now you're actually helping others. Others, right. Man, that's big. I mean, those things are hard to, uh, it's hard to wrap your mind around, especially when you're going through the, the adversity, the trials oh, yeah. and tribulations. Because you couldn't see it. Right. While you're in it, you can't see it. I remember when I first got started with Avocare after I lost my job, I was, uh, my mom always kept telling me, she's a, a CNA, med aide, so she's always telling me, keep your little CNA life just in case something happens. Yeah. So I would, uh, I went back to my family friend's job, work, washing windows, humble myself doing that. Right. I get off uh, work, go to the gym, start uh, sharing Avocare, mm-hmm. the hope for the opportunity. Then I would go to a CNA job doing overnight, sleeping on the floor. Uh, taking the, it was a Zoom meeting on record. And I would sit there and study that Zoom meeting every day for an hour before I went to sleep, uh, trying to figure out how my mentor presented himself, how he shared the product, how he shared the business opportunity, how he transitioned through stuff. I was just studying. Right. And so it was like, yeah, it don't happen overnight, but if you stick and stay, yeah. things are going to start falling and, through. And that's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of people, they want everything instant yeah yeah and it just we I do mean, too some, yeah well sometimes you know sometimes it happens that way yeah. but more than likely it's gonna take some yeah, work if it's gonna stick and stay it's gonna take time rome yeah. wasn't built overnight right right and 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 when people understand that and be willing to grind then good things can good happen, things happen yep. yeah but won't it as i used always say r-a-t now not right but right now right doesn't always work exactly yeah i mean sometimes you can put yourself further back exactly no. Oh, yeah. Sometimes you got to slow down and speed up. 
<laughs> I learned that many times. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like just like you made the reference about pulling your pants up. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, a lot of people, that's a big adjustment. Yeah. Like me, myself, I, you know, when I see people today with their pants, you know, way down, I, I don't quite get it, but you know, I mean, it's not for me to understand everything, yeah. but I thought that was, you know, I didn't know that was still a style. Oh, it's still a style. My <laughs> my nephews do it, drives me crazy. You know, like, I used to do the same thing. But yeah, a lot of stuff is you don't know what you don't know at that time. Right. And so coming from our communities and stuff, I mean, I chased everything that was told to me that was cool. Chased the women, chased the, the drugs, chased the party, and chased the significance from that side of things mm-hmm. instead of uh, the significance of what it really means to be a man. Well, you know, I, I'm going to say this. One thing I know about the when it comes to the sagging thing, that's not, you know, it might be cool when you're out here in the public, but when you get incarcerated. That ain't cool. That ain't cool. Yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, I'll that tell you ain't yeah. cool. I mean, and, and that's why I've never had an interest in sagging. Right. Because of all my incarcerations, mm. I got a chance to see what that led to. Mm. I won't discuss that over the air, but I'm going to put it like this. That ain't what you want. That ain't. <laughs> <laughs> that's Thanks. not what you want. I mean, but sometimes you have you have to go through like like you have already explained. Experience is the best teacher. Teacher, yeah. You know, so for those of you out there that think sagging is cool, hey, I ain't hating. Do your thing, but just understand that if you happen to get incarcerated and you take that sagging in there with you, you're advertising something that you don't know you're advertising. Right. <laughs> Not a good thing. Right. <laughs> so you've been doing these uh, the group home thing. How long you been doing that again? Uh, seven years now. Seven years. Time flies. Yeah, yeah. seven years. And uh, how many homes do you have? So I have uh one home I run my business out of, and I have three individuals in there. Okay. Uh, it's a dream come true too, because even when I first started it, I just wanted to take everything I was learning in school, everything I learned uh, at YTCK, right, and run my own facility. Yeah. Right? Yes. So my place is ran just like a facility. I'm able to put my hire my mom, my dad, one of my best friends. Yeah. And I got it's, it's a family business, and it's and it's awesome. And you know what? I think that's smart because when you got your when you got your own business and you start bringing people in like your family, you have a better chance of knowing who you're working with Amen. versus someone that just you know you just filled out an application. Yeah. And, and you, you you're hoping that it's kind of like you're hoping that they're real or they're hoping they're accurate on their application, but they're not really. Yeah, exactly. I'm gonna hire all my family, but. <laughs> My mom and dad, when I seen how hard they work, that's where I get it. And it was just nothing. There's no hesitation. I got you. I got you. Well, look, we're going to take another break. And then we're going to come right back and wrap this thing up. But I just want y'all to stay with us, man. Don't go anywhere on 93.7 The Ticket to get you happy on hour. Back to the Get Your Happy on Hour, featuring former Husker receiver Ricky Simmons. And we're back. Well, you know, I want to first uh, give give my guests a lot of credit. You know, it takes a lot of courage, man, to, to come onto the show and admit some things that you're not proud of. But you know, you, you pulled it off. You know, you you you've done a wonderful job of explaining all the train wreck part of your life, but you've also show the redemption side of all the positive things that you've been able to accomplish and still still accomplishing it to this day. You know, I, uh, I admire that. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people just can't do it, you know, and, and the fact that you were willing to come on and do this, man, I mean, I just wanted to say 
I'm proud of you. It's an honor, Ricky. Yeah, but I mean, really, I'm serious, man, because see, and that's another thing. As humans, we're not quick to give each other credit for the things that we see that are positive or or, or, or good. But, man, we, we, we seem to be on fire when it comes to, to addressing negativity. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I just see this on, on a daily basis. I, I don't have an answer or a cure for it. But it's just amazing how over time you get more credit for negativity than you do positive. So I try personally on my shows to always encourage people, keep doing the right thing, keep doing positive things, do the best you can. Nobody's perfect. But the fact that you can actually come on air, admit your faults, dust yourself off, Mm -hmm. and keep going. I just want to give you credit for that. So, yeah, you're very welcome. I got to ask this question here. I know we don't have a lot of time left, but, you know, just if you don't mind, I'd like to take a little time here and let you share with us uh, the one question I ask every guest, every chance I get. How do you get your happy on? Oh, easy. I like to travel. (laughs) (laughs) So some of the places, well, tell me about some of the places you had the, the opportunity to travel to. I've been to Mexico too many times to count. I just got back from, I was on my, I just turned 40. Oh, I took a two week hiatus. I went to uh, Dallas for a little bit, ended up on Miami for a little bit and ended up in Jamaica for a week. <laughs> so, uh, I love the travel. Yeah. You love the travel. Well, man, we, you know what? There's nothing wrong with traveling, but you also got something else that you haven't shared with us. I think it's got something to do with real estate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Multiple streams of income. Like I learned through Advocare. Okay. And okay. So, uh, one of my, uh, Advocare teammates, Eric and Jenny Wright, they, uh, Jenny Wright's style broker. Eric's our top salesman. They own summit real estate. Uh, they're in grand Island. They got an office in Lincoln now too. So wow. anybody trying to recruit me, I'm, I'm talking already, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they kind of taught me about, I, Cause my fear is, okay, I'm making all this money. I can't go broke again. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. Especially what you're talking about, the haters and critics. That's what they're waiting for is for me to fall off. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so uh, they taught me how to put my money away, have it grown for me. And so in the last, what, four years, I bought three properties. Um, and one, I turned into my business that I'm running. The other one, I turned into a woman's home. Okay. Uh, the other two are, are housing for single moms that I, I ran out to. Got you. Got so you. it's been an amazing blessing to actually grow and at the same time get back. Well, you know, to be able to be open-minded enough to listen to someone mm-hmm. that's trying to help you, because you're right. People are hating. Yeah. And, you know, especially when it seems like the ones that, that hate the most are the ones that think they know you. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I'm speaking from personal experience. I've gotten way more help from people that I've just recently met, almost strangers, mm-hmm. versus the people that I've known for decades. Yeah. Yeah. They got a lot of people got all the answers and none of the money. <laughs> <laughs> That's a big thing to have to man. So. But, you know, and I'm not putting anybody down, right. but I'm just saying sometimes people that, that grew up with you, you know, they, they feel like they know you. Right. You know, and and then they also want to put you in a box. Right. You know, they want to focus on Micah, the kid that was a DNF student. Right. The kid that uh, was getting referred to juvenile mm-hmm. services. They want to, no matter how successful you have become, they want to focus back on 
when you weren't as successful. Exactly. I don't understand why that's the way it is, but that just seems to be a common theme in our society, right. which is fine. But, you know, I uh, always say if people want take time out of their busy day to hate on you, that means you're important. It means you're doing something right. Yeah, I mean, because I, I haven't seen anybody hating on someone that has to, uh, that's been less fortunate. Exactly. You know, if you're living up under a bridge or something, which I'm not putting anybody down, but I have very rarely seen a person seen say, hey, man, I wish I could live under a bridge. Mm. You know, it's usually the people that are doing well. Right. That you hear, they think they're something. They think they're better than. Right. You know, and I don't really think that that's true. I think that the people that are saying that believe that you're better than. Right. Or they wouldn't be talking about it. It all comes down to that account- accountability, too. Right. They're going to tell you some stuff you don't really want to hear. Right. And you know what? And that's all good. I'm just going to tell you like this, Michael. You keep doing what you're doing. And you keep inspiring people. I'm going to keep doing the best I can to inspire people. And I just think if we both stay on that path, we can make this world a little better Better than it was. That's that's just my my opinion. You know, it's not an easy job. It's not even a a job where you're going to get a lot of kudos for. Right. But on the inside. Yeah, it matters. Yeah, that's what's going to. Servant leadership. Right, right. I mean, and I think blessings come with that. Oh, amen. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, that's just my personal opinion. But again, you know, um, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in to the show. You know, I mean, a lot of times people take time out of their busy day to, to, to listen to the show. You don't have to do that. And I just want y'all to know personally from me that I actually appreciate everybody that tunes into this show. And I, again, I appreciate my sponsor. Matt Warner, man, you're you're amazing, man, and your company is amazing as well out there at Empire Fencing. I just want y'all to know that it's not taken for granted what you guys do for me and for what you do for everyone else. So just know that. But the most important thing is this. I always want people to understand that every day is a blessing. And no matter what, you got to make the most out of every day. I'm not saying everything's going to be perfect but you got to make the best out of mm-hmm. every day. And Michael, to me, that sounds like a lot of what you you're doing. Yeah. I'm trying. Yeah. Like no, you're every doing day with a plan. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job, man, because to go up and down like you have and not give up. Right. That's big. Right. Everybody can't do that, man. Sometimes, yeah. when, especially when you go way up. Right. Right. <laughs> oh, it ain't, it ain't easy. Yeah. And then you fall. Oh man. And then you got to deal with all the naysayers and, Oh, I knew it. Right, I knew right. it. Yeah. Yeah, he was doing this. He was doing the most. Thank you all that. Yeah, you thank you all that. Now all of a sudden, man, he down here struggling worse than me. Yeah, that's the beauty of it, because uh in the process of doing my YRTC stuff, the Avocare stuff, now the uh real estate, even the the stuff I'm doing with the special needs, I've taught a lot of people how to do the same thing. Yeah. And when they come to me, I'm not, not trying to hold the blueprints myself. I'm going to tell you how to do it, what to do, and even what to do with your money afterwards. You can start building uh, X multiple income like I am. Yes. And so it's just people helping people. Uh, Advocate is about leadership. Right. You know, the, the, the person you become pursue are the things that you want. And that so it was, it was yeah. It makes sense. And, you know, it takes some discipline. It does. It does take some discipline because sometimes when, you, when you're not used to things and you're given a lot, as we both know, once you get it and you you know and it comes fast, yeah, it go fast. It go fast. <laughs> I just want y'all to know something, man. This 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 hopefully this show has maybe inspired some people that are 
going through some difficult times right now to never give up. As my good friend Maggie Thorne would say, never give up. I want you to also remember every day you bless the sea. It's just another day in paradise. And no matter what, you got to get your happy on. Go! Thank y'all for tuning in. And hey, we'll see you next Sunday. <laughs>